0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, July 20th, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Sitkin's weighed in on possible changes to taxi, tour, and shuttle regulations at a town hall meeting on Tuesday. The event was the second opportunity for public comment in what the city administration says is likely to be a months or years long process to solve the community's emerging transportation crisis.
1: KCAW's merit Judith reports. Over the course of the two-hour meeting, taxi and tour operators and other members of the public offered input on proposed language based on Juno City Code. It would change permitting and fee structures for commercial transport vehicles in town. Public input largely boiled down to two themes. One, people can't reliably get a taxi in Sitka. And two, operators feel stymied by perceived overreach from the city. Laura Rogers, who operates a service called Sitka Rides, said being classified as a shuttle sometimes means she can't provide transport to people who need it. I got a call from somebody today who wanted a lift from Seamart to the harbor. And I had to say, we're a shuttle, we can't take you. And they said, we've called seven different cab companies, they're all busy. And the reality is the code, the ordinances that we're putting in place, we're not Juno we're sick. Mm -hmm. Caleb Astley of Alaska Coach Tours suggested that the city find ways to reduce paperwork and fees to make it easier and less expensive for operators.
2: We background check at Alaska Coach Tours, take our background check. Why isn't that enough? Why should I have to go again and get some more paperwork and do one more thing?
1: Darby Osborne, who interacts with visitors regularly in her work at the front desk of Harrigan Centennial Hall, said lack of transportation is especially evident during the high season for tourism.
3: It's just complete gridlock. Um, You can't, you know, you can't take the ride, you can't take a taxi, all the tours are booked. And on a day like tomorrow, when there's over 9,000 people, there's just nothing that people
1: can do. Other suggestions tossed out were expanding the ride system operated by Sitka Tribe of Alaska, introducing taxi meters, a dispatcher service, and allowing exemptions for operators picking up people in need. The topic of rideshares also came up. While Uber and Lyft are not prohibited by city code, it's unclear if there are other barriers to ride shares in Sitka. Both of those services currently operate with limited availability in Juneau. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Meredith Reddick.
0: The next opportunity for public comment on proposed changes to Sitka's transportation ordinance will be at the Police and Fire Commission meeting at Harrigan Centennial Hall on Wednesday, July 26th at 5.30 p.m. Southeast Alaska's regional commuter airline, Alaska Seaplanes, has recovered from the COVID recession and is expanding its routes through cooperation with Ketchikan based Island Air. Alaska Seaplanes President Ken Crayford spoke to the Sitka Chamber of Commerce on Wednesday and described how the company rode out the pandemic and emerged in a better position to serve the region. Crayford didn't shy away from what he said was the most common feedback he'd been hearing lately rising fares.
2: Uh, in fact, in 2022, uh, we had to push through uh, three different fare increases last year to keep up with our rising costs. Prior to that, at least in the in the 10 years uh, we had been running the business, we had only raised fares once in a year. Uh, so we've seen a real hockey stick effect recently in our cost drivers and um, you know this mirrors the inflation that we're seeing in the broader economy, uh, but it's particularly acute in the cost drivers for uh, airlines, scheduled airlines, and that those are, of course, fuel uh, being a huge one, uh, insurance, but but largest of all, uh, labor.
0: Crayford said the company was deepening its relationship with flight schools as baby boomer pilots retired, including supporting the aviation class at Mount Edgecombe High School. He said the national shortage in pilots and other aviation jobs would be a self-correcting problem.
2: For any high school student in southeast Alaska that is uh, considering a career in aviation, whether it's as a pilot or a mechanic, Um, I can tell you the market is incredibly strong right now. You're pretty much uh, guaranteed a job after graduation.
0: Crayford said the biggest development at the company was its partnership with Ketchikan-based Island Air, which operates the busiest route in southeast Alaska between Prince of Wales Island and Ketchikan. Crayford said the companies would remain independent, but have a shared route map and schedule in the future, which would allow passengers to go from Craig to Haines without flying over the top of the jets. This is a significant turn of events from just three years ago when the pandemic threw aviation and everyone else a serious curve.
2: I think I recall like April 6th of 2020. I think that was our low point. We flew like four people that day, something like that. Those four brave souls <laughs> uh, and a lot of toilet paper, um, you know, and other stuff on that airplane. Um but uh, you know what? What happened with COVID was we saw our freight business surge, uh, we saw our passenger business uh, just drop off a cliff, uh, and then, like most airlines around the country, we saw passengers slowly come back um, a little more in 2021, and then a huge resurgence in 2022.
0: Crayford said much of that rebound was due to tourism, but that seaplanes' routes and schedules were still tailored primarily to local transportation, especially medical transportation to search in Sitka. Tourism brings more than a million people to southeast Alaska every year. And though that generates a lot of revenue for some communities, it also brings a cost in the form of greenhouse gas emissions. To address that, one of the region's largest tour companies, Sitka-based Allen Marine, has launched a unique and local carbon offset program. KTOO's Anna Canney has the story from Juneau.
3: Tourism in southeast Alaska largely runs on fossil fuels. On a busy afternoon in downtown Juneau, a crowd of tourists pour off a cruise ship. Tour guides in brightly colored jackets are controlling the chaos, directing visitors to their whale watches or glacier tours. They're shoveled off by the hundreds on diesel-powered buses. Then, they'll board diesel-powered helicopters, float planes, or boats. So each tour releases greenhouse gas emissions that contribute to climate change. To make up for that, Sitka-based Allen Marine Tours is collecting donations from tourists. The money will go towards installing heat pumps across southeast Alaska. Electric heat pumps in the region run on hydropower, and they're a popular alternative to heating oil. That means they have huge potential to cut local greenhouse gas emissions. But they're expensive. Allen Marine's Caitlin Ellis says they hope the program will eventually generate thousands of dollars in donations. That's a lot of heat pumps. That is a big chunk of our community that could reassess how our buildings are heated in a renewable and sustainable way. The program will be facilitated through a partnership with the local nonprofit Juno Carbon Offset. They finance heat pumps for lower income families in the region. The bulk of Allen Marines passengers come from cruise ships. Now they'll have the option to donate $2 at the gift shop on board. It's kind of similar to like a grocery store Roundup. Some passengers are independent travelers who book online. And those people will automatically be charged the $2 fee unless they opt out. But the majority of tourists book through cruise lines instead. And that means much of this program's success will rely on onboard advertising, which is tricky for Ellen Marine tour guides. We don't want to overwhelm them with information while they're having a great time. Ellis said the way they advertise the program will have to be refined in future years. Training and recruitment efforts will help their tour guides find new ways to talk about climate change and greenhouse gas emissions. For now, the money is trickling in. At the end of the season, we'll have a very clear picture, but we do have money coming in. Very hopeful that at least one heat pump is going to be purchased this year. But this program's success could give new insight into how tourists can further climate action in the southeast communities they visit. In Juneau, I'm Anna Canny.
0: The State Department of Environmental Conservation will test the drinking water in nearly 200 Alaska Native villages to identify levels of PFAS contamination. The program will begin this fall. PFAS are present in all sorts of household items with waterproof coatings, ranging from rain jackets to cookware, and have been linked to cancer and other health issues by the EPA. The bigger threat to Alaska communities, though, is the presence of these forever chemicals in a foam used in airport fire extinguishers. CINDY CHRISTIAN MANAGES THE STATE'S DRINKING WATER PROGRAM, AND SHE SAYS PFAS ARE STILL USED ESPECIALLY IN FIGHTING FUEL-BASED FIRES AT MILITARY FACILITIES OR AIRPORTS, WHICH ALASKA HAS A LOT OF.
3: IN OTHER STATES, EVERY LITTLE TOWN DOESN'T HAVE AN AIRPORT. BUT IN ALASKA, Most of our little communities, um, especially in the rural areas, do have airports, and so a lot of the PFAS contamination that we found in the state is associated with airport activities.
0: The Alaska legislature passed a bill that requires a switch to alternative firefighting foam options by next year. But Christian says the damage has already been done in at least five communities. She says the state is currently helping replace or supplement contaminated water in Cold Bay, Gustavus, Yakutat, Dillingham, and King Salmon. Some of the those systems are getting bottled water. Some of them have already been um, provided with an, an, an alternative source of water. Maybe it's hooked up to another public water system or they've gotten a new well. So we're in various stages in, in quite a few communities in addressing PFAS. The EPA has proposed a rule they hope to finalize this year that would regulate six different PFAS chemicals, which Christian's department would then begin regulating. The newly announced monitoring program is funded by a tribal-focused grant, so it only targets Alaska Native villages, but Christian says they plan to sample the rest of the state water systems later this year. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.